Welcome to the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant Show. My name is Rebecca Whitman, and I'm a success mentor. I believe there are seven pillars of success. Your spiritual life, your physical fitness, your emotional, romantic, mental, social, and finally, your financial life. When you get all seven areas in alignment, you are balanced, beautiful, and abundant. I learned this the hard way. I've always made money. Unfortunately, I spent so much time making money that I never had time for the rest of my life. So, despite not having financial worries, I was never happy. I wanted romance, but I didn't have time to date. I wanted to be in great shape, but I couldn't find a moment to go to the gym. I wanted a more spiritual life, but I didn't meditate. That also takes time. I wanted to read great books and fill my mind with deep thoughts, but I never made the time. I wanted a great social life, not just going to work-related events. Emotionally, I was a wreck because my life was totally out of balance. Today, I earn more money than I ever have in my life, and I work only part-time. I have the relationship of my dreams. I'm in the best physical shape of my life. I'm spiritually grounded. I feel fulfilled mentally, socially, and emotionally. My life is in perfect alignment. This podcast will help you discover where your life is out of balance. My mission is to support you in achieving work-life balance so that you can have more fun and freedom in life. On my show, you will get to learn from experts in all seven areas of abundance. My guests have achieved tremendous success in their zone of genius. Are you ready to go to a level 10 in all seven areas of life? You got this. Hello, Ash. Welcome to the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant podcast. Hello there, you balanced, beautiful, and abundant beloved. (laughs) It is so good to see you. I need to brag about you to the audience a little bit just so they have an idea of what your path has been and what you're up to in the world, which is huge. So Ash has been leading workshops, retreats, and speaking engagements and healing concerts with his group Here to Hear as a melodious soundtrack for leaders like Eckhart Tolle, Marion Williamson, Deepak Chopra, Neil Donald Walsh, Michael <laughs> Beckwith, Sri Sri Shravi Shankar, Byron Katie, and the Dalai Lama himself. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> after performing with the 90s Latin sensation band Menudo, <laughs> he had a spiritual awakening deep in the Amazon rainforest. More on that later. Ash has been featured at the United Nations and on Good Morning America. So you are just an incredible light, a spiritual teacher, a singer, a performer. You have done so much on your spiritual journey and you just, I wish people could just experience you in person because I was so lucky to go to your event in Fort Lauderdale just by happenstance. I didn't even realize we were in the same city and it was such a beautiful event. It just, it just, oh my God, I can't even imagine uh, what it's like to study with you because just having that event with you for an hour or two, just it just woke up every cell in my body. So oh. I'm, I'm excited to have you on the show. Oh, I'm so delighted to be here. Oh, that was beautiful. Fully yes. received. So yeah. happy to be here. Thank you. 
So my first question is after Menudo ended, what made you decide to go to Machu Picchu? During Menudo, before it ended, a couple of weeks after my father passed away, I was 16 and I was, I was just, you know, alive with all of these questions. What's real? What's not real? What's important? What does it mean to live a good human life? Uh, um, what's life? What's death? What's, you know, just really marinating in all these thoughts. And then we went to film a video in Machu Picchu. Now 16. The song was called Bienvenidos al Nuevo Mundo, which means welcome to the new world, which was so, so fun that that was the song we were recording. As soon as the helicopter landed and I stepped off, there was a moment where everything that I knew about myself and the world um, took a back seat. And what was left in its place was just this open, bright radiance this uh, clear, you know, the way I'd describe it now is just the, the pure, um, effortless reality of, of awareness, of open-hearted intelligence, loving awareness, loving intelligence. And I could see that there was a llama and there was some ruins and there was, you know, camera crew and the makeup beloveds and, and the lights. And, uh, but it was just so clear to me that none of that had an independent nature that none of it existed on its own, that if anything at all, it was but an emanation, kind of like the glow and the warmth of fire. It was just the glow and the warmth, not separate from this loving, aware stability. And um, I wanted to go and, and explore that. I still had a contract. I tried to get out of my contract, but after the meeting with this record company and that record company, and it was clear to me that my best option was to stay for another four years. <laughs> in the you group. were 16 and you had your spiritual yes. awakening and it was kind of like a lightning bolt burning bush, like boom, you were just struck mm -hmm. by enlightenment. Like all yeah. of that, everything made sense to you. For that moment. And yeah. then what's so interesting is that it's kind of like, there's like a moment of grace and openness and then so innocently, like so many beloveds, my mind started making stories about it, you know? And that's why I wanted to go back to Machu Picchu because it was like, oh, you know, it was at that spot. I want to go recreate that experience, recreate that bliss, recreate that, 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 that peace and that, and that all embracing love. And it had to have been because it was at Machu Picchu <laughs> and it maybe was Machu Picchu and the mate de coca that I had, the tea that I had, and maybe a shaman, you know, gave, you know, gave birth to a little, to, I mean, who knows, but, you know, it's like all these stories. And, uh, and yeah, so I went back to explore. And uh, when I went to that same spot, nothing happened. And I walked backwards and I was like, okay, let me take a breath. And, uh, and I walked in that spot again and nothing happened. And I sat down and I was like, oh, nothing happened. And when I heard something in me heard nothing happened to such a degree that I started laughing hysterically and the recognition of, ah, that's what was so sweet about it, was that nothing happened. And this is what's, and, and then it was so clear to me, oh my God, I'm making up a whole story. I created my own mythology. I was like, I was a disciple to the own religion in my head about what had happened. <laughs> okay. It's funny because people go on spiritual journeys and they spend like tens of thousands of dollars to like study with teachers in the Himalayas and like, 
live, you know, in an ashram and all this stuff. And it's like, it's inside. It's an inside job. You could be in like the most beautiful spiritual, you know, temple ashram halfway across the world, Mm -hmm. but it's all about your connection to the divine from the inside. Uh, That's so, it's so true. And then that's, what's so interesting, right? It's kind of like, you know, each of us in our own unique experience, every bit of that necessary until it's not, which is so fascinating. (laughs) Exactly. I love it. I love it. I love it. So I know a lot of your teachings you've already made reference to, it's separating the true self from the storied self in your mind. So how, yes. can people, how can people differentiate their, their true self from their storied self? Well, it's really, I find it really vital to get familiar with the part of you that has never been born. The part of you that um, is, is, is not limited to a name or genetics or culture or gender, uh, you know, because this is all part of the story. So it's kind of like in one moment of not thinking, just for a second, because thought will definitely come back in the next second, but in one moment of bum, 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 uh, in that, uh, in that pause to stop, and maybe you're doing this right now, notice what remains cognizant. What remains aware, whether thought is present or not, whether story is present or not. And when we can get ourselves so familiar with this open, intelligent presence, it's like we can really start telling the difference. Oh, wow, this is a story happening in my mind. And stories are like, kind of like we have our screen and we have our apps and we press an app on the screen and it covers the whole screen. We press our story by believing it and, it, and our whole world is covered in that story. Not just the present moment, but our story of the past is now, is now um, taking on the hue of that perception, our story of the future. Mm-hmm. And so story is a hugely powerful thing. Um, you know, just as you put on rose-colored glasses or green-colored glasses and your whole world is now tinted in that color, um, so to recognize those moments, it's kind of like, oh, look at mind being mind again, not as a bad thing, not as an evil thing, not as the new devil, but just that's how mind is. Mind wants to con- constantly attempt to justify its existence because deep down it knows that it's not real. <laughs> so how do you teach your mind or how do you how do you teach yourself to to separate is it through meditation is it through certain spiritual modalities like how do you separate yes. it now that you're aware oh my god these are stories this isn't me uh-huh. i worry that let's say i'm not good enough that's a story that i've had in my head on and off for years so yes. i catch that old tape going you know rebecca you're not good enough uh-huh. How do I stop? How do I stop it from from continuing? One of to my favorite. My yeah, great question. One of my favorite ways um, for stopping. You know, I love Byron Katie. I have. I, I say I have three divas of clarity. I have three D. I have the Trinity. The, since I'm a singer, I love me some Mariah Whitney and Celine Dion. Those are like my Trinity vocalists. <laughs> and then I have my Trinity divas, Gangaji, who I call my yes. Byron Katie, who is, you know, the 
she's gifted the world with the technology of the work. And then my other dear friend, um, Candace O'Denver, and I've had the honor to work with all three of these beloveds um, and to meet them. But uh, if you take a thought like, I'm not good enough, Mm -hmm. and you put it on paper, which I love how Byron Katie invites us to, that's kind of like stopping the mind. You know, it's like put on paper, you see it. It's just a sentence. Sometimes we feel so, um, you know, like um, such a victim to all these ideas, you know, because they can seem so huge. Um, And it's just a sentence, just about noticing, identifying what the sentence in the moment is. Oh, we only have this moment. So whatever the stressful sentence is, Mm -hmm. and then questioning it. Is it true? Um, To question a sentence is to, it's kind of like a a scientist in his curiosity, um, willing to look through a high-powered microscope to look at something a little closer. Mm -hmm. And and when you look at something a little closer, you're also shining the light of awareness on whatever it is you're looking at. So to question something like, I am not good enough, you're just holding it in the sunlight Mm -hmm. for a little bit. And then telling the truth about it, you know. Um, and so that's one huge way of recognizing doing the work. There's four questions. Is it true? Is it absolutely true? Um, how do I react when I believe this thought? And then who would I be without this thought? That's great. Yes. And meditation is great. Art is great. Singing, dancing. You know, it's like, I'm going to give this, this sense of I'm not good enough a dance move. And, you know, what, how does, how does that want to dance? How does that want to move? How, how does that, what does that sound like? Is it like, oh, or is it like, a, you know, like whatever, you know, all of that totally has its place. Um, and what's so good about that is that we allow it to be free. I love the practice of taking a few seconds to stop mm-hmm. and allow. So it's kind of like when we're caught up in it's not good enough. Um, I need this. I need that. All the stories. It's like we've taken our snow globe and we've shucking that thing up a lot. And we can't see. It's just covered in, in debris and, 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 and assumptions and concepts. But to, uh, to take one second to be like, okay, I'm going to allow for everything to be as it is. I'm going to allow my mind to be as it is without needing to change it or alter it or, or uh, spiritualize it or vibrationalize it. I'm going to allow my body to be as it is. I'm going to allow the world to be as it is, the cosmos, and allowing everything to be as it is for just a few moments. Everything settles. That snow globe, all the things in the snow globe, totally settle and what you experience that what you turn up the volume of is the stability that's already here the awareness that's already here the peace you know all the things that we love already present (laughs) it's like you put a pause button on your mind kind of what you're saying that's what abraham hicks says meditation is is like a big pause button on your mind yeah it's like a pause button and uh let the let the mind play because oh. the cool thing about the mind is that we don't need to change it. Mm-hmm. You know, the, um, we, when we think we need to change the mind, oh, we get into all kinds of, all kinds of, uh, that have that totally serve, you know, why not? This is our infinite adventure. We can do anything we want. <laughs> <laughs> but if you get familiar in moments to let mind be mind, 
kind of like experience mind how you would walk into a gallery in New York City, for example, and, you know, all the art that's there. And the art isn't limited to positive or negative, or it's like art, right? you know, ruthless you know, expression of all emotion, of all sensation, of all. And it's like to have the curiosity to just let mind be, you discover it's, um, it's harmless nature mm-hmm. and it's self-releasing nature. So you so let mind, it, the thought kind of like unravel on itself and you just kind of watch it like you're watching an art gallery. Like an art gallery, yeah, where it's like, oh, well, interesting, 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 interesting. But then what happens is you discover that your true nature is sky-like. And the sky in the presence of a rainstorm, just to feel into that for a moment, imagine yourself as a sky in the presence of a rainstorm. Are you, as the sky, looking for an umbrella? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Or even I picture like an art gallery with all these crazy drawings and then you're like the skylight on top of the gallery. <laughs> that has nothing to do with any, I mean, nice. holding space for the drawings, but it is not the drawings. We're getting really esoteric. Beautiful, beautiful. We're following along. Yeah. And the drawings come and go, right? Yeah. Every, every other month or two months, they a new artist with new drawings. But the, the gallery and the lights are like present, just like a movie on a screen. The screen, always the same. Right. You know, before the movie. Neutral. And that neutral, that neutrality, we can recognize as our, as our true nature. Yeah, as, or as, a, as an aspect of us that we can rely on that is a little more reliable than what we usually rely on. That's always changing. Right. Beautiful. Beautiful. So you mentioned these three wonderful divas in your life. (laughs) So out of the three, who has been your favorite teacher and what was the teaching that changed your life? You already mentioned Byron Katie. So let's talk about another Uh one. Okay, great. Um, I would have to say when I came back from Peru and I stayed in Peru for about two years Mm -hmm. when I went and part of my time I lived um, in Iquitos, which is right on the Amazon River. And then I spent a couple months with a group of Indians called the Shuar. And um, I came back to the States wide open. And I was curious, you know, I've read some spiritual books, but I was curious, is there someone speaking to the immediacy of well-being, mm-hmm. you know, speaking to the immediacy of freedom without having to get involved in needing to alter the illusion you know, but to really recognize what is awake right now, I was curious. And then, from you know, things happened, and uh, I was led to this to this um, video satsang, and a woman came on the screen. Um, it was it wasn't a live satsang; it was video, and and she looked in, and she was looking in the camera. And she just said, "If I'm appearing in your consciousness, it's to simply say yes," and that yes hit every part of my being where it was just like oh my god there are beloveds on the planet that are speaking to this you know that are that are speaking attempting to speak to this you know every word fails so beautifully (laughs) (laughs) and um so yeah gangaji uh 
huge for love and just a sweet. How do you spell that so my listeners can look her up? Great. G-A-N-G-A-J-I. So it's Ganga G. Got it. And she's a Western woman from Louisiana. (laughs) <laughs> who, you know, found her way in like the civil rights movement. Then she became an acupuncturist in San Francisco. And then she found herself in India. And, you know, with this gentleman named Papaji, who is the, from the lineage of Ramana Maharshi, uh, an Indian sage um, in Southern India, who, um, who his big contribution to the world was the self-inquiry of who am I? Mm. To truly ask yourself, who am I? Mm, yeah. That almost be another, you know, question, kind of like the ones that Katie Byron were asking you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's deeper. Like, who am I? Yeah, that kind of gets like to the root of it, right? Who am wow. I? Yeah. So, was that the biggest takeaway from Ganga Ji? Was it the "Who am I?" question that came from her lineage, or was it a certain meditation? Like, what was your favorite teaching of hers? My favorite teaching of Gangaji, um, I love it because I've never been asked this question. It's so good. It's so good. Make you think, um, keep you on your feet, Ash. Oh, my favorite would be her invitation to, uh, to not have to, to recognize when you're in a space of reaching for something whether it's reaching for peace or reaching for love or reaching for abundance or reaching for, for a romance, a romantic partner or reaching for, and to also recognize if you are pushing something away, pushing away scarcity, pushing away fear, pushing away mental strife, pushing away depression, pushing away uh, an economic something, pushing away the world. And to recognize those two tendencies in mind and to not have to do anything with it, just to stop and to allow it to be. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times, especially in our sophistication and our brilliance, we want to move into the teachings. It's like, oh, I can master this. I can do this. I can, I can put my, my, my mental power on this. And, and so her, her biggest teaching is, is the option of doing nothing. And what yeah. can arise from that? Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting because the Western mind is all about striving. It's all it's, about, yes. I'm going to be in the best shape and have the best job and make the most money and go out and find my ideal soulmate. And especially the self-help movement in the Western world, it's mm-hmm. all about like striving. And I think the Western uh, self-help movement gets what you resist persists. Like you don't talk about what you don't want, right? Because if you say... Uh-huh. I, I don't want, you know, a boyfriend who does that. You're going to get that boyfriend. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I think we have that figured out. But striving, that is interesting. It's more about allowing than striving. So what, what is the difference between allowing for something to show up in your life? Let's say like more love versus striving to find your love. So great. So, so striving involves a lot of storylines, right? Mm. Striving involves the, involves the element of time. It's kind of like when you believe the thought that you need more love, how real is time? When you believe the thought that you need more love, how real is the separate self? It's like there's a huge percentage of, 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 of you know, you know, it's like relying on, uh, 
the uh, what are those things when you're in the desert? Mirages mm -hmm. to deliver the goods mm -hmm. and allowing to allow. So striving is fist mm. and allow is open palm. Mm. And if no matter how much you try to give someone something in the closed fist, nothing's going to stick. Nothing's going to. But to recognize that if you stop for a moment and allow, so you don't have to master allowing. That's another thing. <laughs> Driving is, you know, you don't have, not allowing is already part of your toolbox. Let's say everyone comes with it with, with, with certain things, you know, like a, like a macaroni and cheese box comes with its, its cheesy powder in, in the, in the box. <laughs> we already come with allowing. <laughs> we already come, you know, it's already a part of our being. Awareness itself is allowing. Allowing is synonymous with who we are as spiritual beings. It's only the mind that strives and, and tries to clench. And, and, you know, it's that story of how beloveds uh, capture monkeys in certain Indian farms. Well, they'll put a box with a hole in it and a banana inside the box. And then the monkey will come and put their hand in that hole that they can easily go in and out. But as soon as they grab the banana, they're holding onto that banana so tight and they can't get the banana out of the hole, but mm -hmm. they won't let go. And that's how they capture these monkeys mm. because their grip is so tight. And so it's so, it's so interesting, but to allow is open presence and it's immediate benefit. So what it is you, you think is going to deliver the goods, you're already experiencing it right now. And so if that thing you want happens or doesn't happen, who cares? <laughs> so let's go to love. If someone wants to manifest love in their life, they can just be more loving. Yes, 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 yes. That's, that's a huge, simple thing to do. And you can not just be more loving with, um, the beloved is in your vicinity. Let's say right now during this time of social distancing, right. you can be more loving to your pillow or to your blanket because you indeed are the source of love. You know, most of us walk around with all of these ideas in our heads, believing that we're a drain and we're always wanting something to fill us or to come inside of us. And it's never enough, you know, never enough. And it's, uh, but to practice being love, we can discover that our nature is a, a, a wellspring, inexhaustible of, of love itself. Yeah. To allow, though, to go back to your hand of fifth, uh -huh. like striving, allowing is like receiving. Yeah. Someone has to have faith that if they open their hands and heart that they will receive. So what do you tell your students that don't have faith? Uh, I tell them good for you. <laughs> good for you. Good for you. Um, yeah, it's so, it's so interesting. I, I, it's a word that I don't really use that much. I, I love, you know, what it points to. And, and so, so beloveds that have a moment of, um, it's kind of like, I love the space of willing. Are you willing to be willing? You know, maybe you're not even willing yet, but are you willing to one day be willing? Mm -hmm. And it's amazing. It's kind of like as soon as there's just one little tiny, tiny sliver of an opening and there's, and there's a willingness for that or it, it cannot help but to eventually outshine 
everything. <laughs> that is beautiful. So people can learn, like to go back to your beautiful art gallery analogy, uh-huh. the mind, right? It's all over. It's, it's, yes. it's negative. It's, it's so light. free. It's dark. Uh-huh. What can people learn from some of their darker aspects, like the shadow self? Is there something to be learned or should it just be like put aside and ignored? Oh, powerful. Such a good question. What I love about, you know, it's very, it's, it's very popular in our spiritual subculture to engage in replacing, mm-hmm. you know, so we engage in replacing a negative with a positive. Right. Um, it is also powerful to avoid, you know, right. and all of these strategies are, they have their place. They've had their place in the evolution of our species. Mm-hmm. And if there is a willingness for for true liberation and true freedom, at some point you got to put down the strategies. Yes. Um, the strategies, you know, also reinforce the belief in separation. Mm-hmm. The strategies also reinforce the idea that you are separate from God, the idea that you are separate from love, the idea that you are separate from peace. And you got to get really good at a strategy, really good at a meditation, or really good at a at this or at that. You know. And, and, and it's all about noticing that that little thought of you as something separate from God, engaging in all these activities, um, it's like there's another option here. And, 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 and that option is to notice that you're not limited to the thought of you. Mm-hmm. You're not limited to the body of you. You're not limited to planet Earth of you. You're not limited to Milky Way of you. All of these are wondrous descriptions, and I call them Hello Kitty sticker labels. <laughs> you know, we take our Hello Kitty, put it on this name, body, da 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 da. da. Uh, but to 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 open right now um, is an option because right now is already open. So if somebody is getting snagged by one of the aspects of being human, like judgment, I feel like there's a lot of judgment. People are yes. at home, they're on social media. They're like, Oh, mm-hmm. he's this, he's that. Mm-hmm. Who do you think he is? And yes. how, how do you calm down that voice of judgment? Because when someone is judging, they're hurting themselves and the other person. So yes. what would you say to one of your students that was struggling with judging? To recognize that is, you know, the way to reinforce judging is to judge the judging. Mm. So in, again, in allowing, judge, if judging is happening, to recognize, oh, wow, you know, mind is expressing itself as judging right now. Mm-hmm. I'm noticing that and I'm going to allow it to be as it is allowing it to be as it is doesn't it means that you're not it it means you're opening to wisdom it doesn't when, mean post in your judgment saying oh well she doesn't look good i'm allowing it and then type no 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 that's right it doesn't <laughs> yeah because that's being that's having your actions and your speech and your life being informed by mind right you know the more we try to resist judgment we're we're also being informed by mind but in our willingness to recognize, oh, wow, because judgment is synonymous with mind. 
Mm-hmm. Mind cannot help it. Judgment has its place, you know, whether it's, 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 it's a neutral judgment or negative judgment. Um, it's, it's just what mind does. You know, again, it's how mind tries to justify its existence. You know, by it's like, I'm, oh, I'm still working. I still got it. <laughs> I'm a really great judger. I still got it. <laughs> but in a moment of like, okay, look at mind being mind. You do your thing. You know, I loved getting familiar with mind in, in space. Also, the analogy of a dance floor. Mm-hmm. The dance floor, you know, have you ever been to a, a like a, like um, whether it be a club or an ecstatic dance experience, you know, all the different movements. Everybody got their something. Everybody got their different <laughs> flow, their different, right. you know. And does the dance floor go like, oh, I don't like the way you dance, a boom. And like, you know, like, <laughs> it's like the dance floor is like, you do your thing. You, you, you do your dance. You do your, our awareness. If we can get familiar with that part of us that is able to just observe, you know, it's a lot, oftentimes called the witness, the observer, and notice, oh, look at mine doing its dance. Maybe it's the judgment dance. Maybe it's the blame dance. Maybe it's the jealousy dance. Maybe it's the everything sucks or everything's boring or everything's blah dance. Um, maybe it's I'm better than you dance. Maybe it is, is oh, they're better than me dance. Um, <laughs> but to recognize, oh, mind is being mind. And I'm going to open as awareness. I'm going to open as consciousness. That is a way of allowing for your life to no longer be informed by limitation. And now you're informed by the inexhaustible resource, the clean energy. You're no longer informed by the coal and by the unsustaining um, limited beliefs, but you're available to the clean energy. And, uh, and, and, and you discover its wisdom spontaneously, you know, moment by moment. You know, this moment knows how to respond to itself. And so that's why, because if we get into spaces of trying to stop mind from judging, hopeless. That's what ever. Do, right? Because our reptilian mind was, we have to judge which berries poison us and which berries yes. are healthy so we don't die. So that's how it was designed to keep us alive. But now that we're evolved spiritual beings, we don't have to be a slave to our reptilian mind anymore. Oh, so beautifully said. So, so beautifully said. You notice it and then you just don't buy into it. You're like, thank you, mind, for sharing. And you just yes. love yourself where you're at. You love the person you're judging and you just, let it go. Yes, yes. It's kind of like when we're in judgment, we're caught up in an echo chamber. We're no longer present to the world. We're only ever judging ourselves. It's only ever mind with mind. You know, it's kind of like, I love one of the things Byron Katie says is, no two people have ever met. You're only ever meeting your own story until you don't. You know, where we do meet is in that space of where we've had cultures that have introduced words like namaste and that have introduced words like en la kech. You know, the light in me recognizes and greets the light in you. En la kech, mayan for I am another you, you are another me. And that's really where we meet is the space beyond differences and the oneness that is very popular on as a bumper sticker on certain Priuses across the nation. <laughs> the only reality is the namaste consciousness, the God in me or the light in me recognizes the light in you. Everything else is just projections of our own mind. Of our own mind. Yes. So innocent, so innocent. 
totally had its place. And now we are the generation that on a, on a very, you know, we're, we're on Zoom right now. We're not in a, in a cave in the Himalayas. <laughs> and, 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 and we are the generation that can recognize, oh, wow, that had its place in our evolution. And I am super clear and excited about um, something else emerging a new way of interaction emerging. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, speaking of the Zoom generation, um, <laughs> we're in a quarantine. We're in an international pandemic. So there's a collective consciousness swirling around us. And it's the mm. news. It's fear. It's, and it's people are dying. Uh, people are getting sick. So how do you keep your self-spiritually centered when everything around you is trying to kind of pull you into this collective consciousness of fear, doubt, and worry. Yeah. One thing that I really love is, is, is something that I, that I use called this too. And so when it's moments of noticing a snag or a, in allowing yourself to really meet it, you know, when we're judging something, when we're avoiding something, we're dancing around the fire. You know, it's like we're just, uh, we have all kinds of ideas about it. We may think we're experts on the subject, but we've never actually met it with kindness. We've never actually met it. So I love when something arises. It's like, oh, wow, whether it be a sensation of fear or uncertainty. You know, a lot of times, you know, in my sessions recently, uncertainty is a very popular topic. You know, in my experience, uncertainty is always present. It doesn't matter how good the economy is going. It doesn't matter how, how, how much you got on your, your calendar. <laughs> and, you know, uncertainty is, is always present. But now it seems to be even more present with this whole experience. <laughs> so it's, it's giving people an opportunity. It's kind of like getting people to, have to, to ask the deeper questions, which I, I, I totally bow to. Um, but yeah, to this too. And, and to be willing to meet it, in order to meet something truly, is to open to it. So as soon as there's a sensation, as soon as there's a discomfort, as soon as there's a thing, it's kind of like a good question you can ask yourself is, what does the heart know that the mind doesn't? Ooh, I love that. What does consciousness know that the limited ego doesn't? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and, and, and that's a way of meeting whatever's arising. It's a way of, you know, I love these mushrooms that they've discovered. I just watched this incredible documentary called Fantastic Fungi. If you haven't seen it, go see it. It's amazing. It's beautiful, 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 beautiful. Um, but there are these mushrooms that are able to metabolize and take plastic substances and, 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 and reintroduce them into the world as organic. Incredible. And so that's kind of like, in seeing that, I, I was like, oh, that's what we're doing when we're willing to meet something. We are taking the plastic, um, which is like the artificial assumptions that we've created out of our belief of being separate, and we are transmuting them through the gut and the heart, through our presence, through awareness, and then reintroducing that energy as uh, creativity and innovation and possibility. So what does this to mean, though? This too shall pass? Or like this too, like, 
radical acceptance, like this too is okay. happening. What, is, yes. what does this too mean to you? So, so what this too means is that I'm no, I'm not in this moment contributing to the suffering of the world. Mm -hmm. To be in argument with something, you're contributing to the suffering and the karma of the world. To uh, deny something, to indulge in something. Oh my God, yes, this is what it is, and this is what's going to happen. That's the itch. It feels so good to indulge in something. It's like the psychic itch, you right. know. But when you're itching a wound. Or some, you don't give it an opportunity to heal. You don't give it right. an opportunity for, for wellness. So, um, so the, this too for me is like this that I had had all kinds of thoughts about, this that I had all kinds of ideas about, this that I had all kinds of judgments about. I'm going to be willing to see the face of God in this mm -hmm. too. In this too. And, yeah. Oh boy, you froze. Can you still see me? Can you, we are- Can you hear me? Oh, you're back, you're back. I have returned. You have returned. We had a pause. Okay, yay, a pause, a pause, <laughs> a pause, a pause. So the difference between contributing to the suffering in the world and contributing to the peace in the world, I see that as, as being the power of this too, yeah. And, and so- Go ahead. Mm -hmm. What was your next thought? Go ahead. Well, I was just, I'm just thinking, you know, in a practical sense, it's kind of like you get to hold the high watch. You know, um, we have this idea that if, if there is suffering happening, we need to suffer too. Right. Yes. And that's not true. That's not true. Um, it's, it's kind of like, you know, I love the analogy of, of, of the car accident. And, and a beloved going over to the car and lifting up the car, you know? If that beloved was in a, oh, 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 I'm, I'm suffering too. In other words, when, when you get caught up in the stories that you need to suffer too because there is suffering happening, what happens is you're no longer available as a presence of benefit. And there's nothing more powerful than a human being that is available. I love yeah. that. I love that. It's like what Abraham sick, uh, Hicks says, you can't get sick enough to help the sick people get well, and you can't get broke enough uh, to help the broke people get rich. It's mm -hmm. like you have to hold your high vibration, and mm -hmm. then people have a chance to rise to your level. But you going down into the, the rabbit hole, it's not going to help anyone. It's not going to help yourself. So it's not going to help the other people. Yeah, and it also reminds me of the tuning forks. When you take a tuning fork... And you put it amongst other tuning forks and, and, and you just hit one of them, you know, that frequency is going to go out and, and, and invite all the other tuning forks to, to, to sing along. And that's each of our responsibility. You know, it only takes one. Peace only takes one. Love only takes one. Freedom only takes one. Awake. Awakening. I was like, Awaka, only takes one. <laughs> one with God is the majority. Sorry? One with God is the majority. Like, one with God, yeah. One with God. So I want to ask you so many more questions. You are so <laughs> smart and spiritually tapped in and fun to talk to, but we are going to wrap it up. So how can my wonderful listeners stay in touch with you? 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, hello to your wonderful listeners. You know, how fun that all of the billions of people on the planet, you've discovered a Rebecca Whitman. <laughs> I mean, that's just glorious. And, um, and, and I also want to acknowledge all the people listening, the constellation of love that our hearts are making in this moment. And I say this moment, we may have a particular time and they may listen at a particular time, but it's still this moment. Yes. This moment is not, is not as, you know, all time appears in this moment. Um, so yes to our constellation. And you can find me on my website, ashruiz.com. On Instagram, I'm Illusion Slicer. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Send me a friend request, Ash Ruiz. Um, uh, what else? You do sot songs, you do coaching, yes. you have an 11 day thing. Really, you're like, <laughs> yeah. I got you so out in the ethers. You're like, what do I do? I'm like, what else? Exactly. What else? So much. How else do I show up? <laughs> <laughs> this is so great. Yes, I share sat songs every Monday um, um, on Facebook Live. And uh, I also do these 11 day experiences where it's just we meet every day at 11 a.m. And of course, depending on where you are in the world, you know, adjusting to that time. And it's, it's, it's really about an education in the nature of mind and an education in the nature of what this moment is. I try to take the BS out of spirituality, the BS out of enlightenment, and, and really invite people to recognize how ordinary, radiant, and practical it is to just be love. Be the love that you already are. Um, I also do coaching and self-realization, self-realization mentorship. And I also do something called vocal liberation. So it's coaching, but with singing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love that. And you told me about a gift that you're going to give oh, us. Oh, yes. If you go, you know, so there's ashruiz.com and then there's heretohear.com, spelled H-E-R-E-I-I-H-E-R-E. And all of the music, I was a part of a band for many years called Here to Hear, and we have so much material, so many songs, and all the songs. If you enjoy music that, that speaks to um, the awakened being that you are um, in relationships and different parts, we have so many different kinds of songs. And these are... You know, it's not just kirtan. It's not just, these are like songs of lyrics and, and, and rhythms and, and you can dance to them. And so, so yes, there is a particular song called Holy and it's like a song slash experience meditation that I'm really excited to um, give to you, beloveds. Uh, it, is, it has been such a gift to so many people all over the world and I'm really excited for you to, to, to enjoy it. Yeah. I am going to add that to the show notes so you guys will be able Thanks. to hear this beautiful song. I'm personally excited to do yoga and meditate to this song. It sounds Ooh, so It's a perfect song for that. Yes. I love it. Well, Ash, it has been such a delight to share this time with you. You are just a dear friend, and I'm excited to have this conversation with you again because there's a lot more questions that have come up. So it's been wonderful. Thanks for coming on the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant podcast. Oh, I'm so delighted. And it's so, I just feel so blessed that I got to sit here and, and be blessed by your beautiful, shining face, Rebecca. Wonderful to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye, love. See you back soon. Bye. <laughs> Who says you can't have it all? I'm proof that you can. You just have to put your life into balance. Too much of anything, money, fitness, socializing, can overtake your life. When all seven aspects of your life work in harmony, you will achieve the balanced, beautiful, and abundant life you've always dreamed of. Please subscribe to hear more inspiring interviews. Is there someone you know who could benefit from this podcast? Please share this podcast with them. Please review this podcast. Your feedback will help me target your needs and plan for upcoming shows that answer your questions and feature guest speakers that can make a big difference in your life. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Rebecca E. Whitman. Feel free to DM me to book a free balance assessment call. And don't forget, stay balanced, beautiful, and abundant. Like it's cold.